Welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And uh, this week we're going to look at Comics Zone for the Sega Genesis. But before mm. we get into this week's game, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, well, I, I did actually get get a lot of time to check out uh, the new Resident Evil 2 remake. And I don't know if, if either of you have, have played that since it came out or if you were big fans of Resident Evil 2 back in the day. Uh, but man, that is a hell of a remake of that game. Resident Evil 2 was always my favorite Resident Evil. And this one has, I mean, it's not just a straight remake of that, like scene for scene. They've changed a lot of it. Of course, they've had to to accommodate, you know, 2019 or whatever year we live in. But it is, uh, it, it's still that same game. And it, it, it hits all the right notes with me as far as like what a, a remake should do if you want to make it both... Um, accessible for for people nowadays and also hit all of those nostalgic notes that people remember from back in the day and that that, that that's what they kind of want as well so it, it is a really really great remake i, I can't say n- enough about that um but uh, did did either of you get to play that or, or planning on it at some point i am certainly planning on it uh, i'm trying trying to, to finish up a few other games before I pick up anything new, but that is the next one on my list. So hopefully, uh, maybe by next episode, I'll uh, I'll be into it. I do want it, but I am I'm still playing through Red Dead Redemption too, mm. so I'll mm. get to it eventually. Um, but actually, I've spent time finishing games since our last show. I did finish Vagrant Story mm. for the first time. I, I bought that game when it was new, and I never got past the first two hours of it, and so I finally figured out the game. Uh, much like, I, I don't know if either of you played a lot of that game, but um, much like Final Fantasy Tactics, which I finished, after I finished it, I still couldn't tell you what the story is of either game, and I'm sure that, you know, when I went online to look at how to get through certain things, people have gotten that game down to a science that I'm not even scraping the surface of. I mean, the the, the options for how to build your own weapons in that game, I didn't even touch. I, like, fooled around with it, mm. but I didn't figure it out, and so I just, just like, nah, never mind, I don't need to worry about it, and I finished it without... But it's one of those things where it's if you if you take the time to learn how to use the forging system, you can get to you know the bosses that I spent maybe half an hour on uh, in an action combat game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just whittling away that I could have probably finished in you know ten or ten or twelve hits. Uh, so I finished I finished Vagan Story and I finished um, oh I, I finished Travis Strikes Again the the Switch game my most recent Switch purchase. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that was really good. I do recommend it. Again, it's it's kind of a mindless action game, but with with a lot of flair. But it's the kind of game I'll play over and over and over again. Uh, so I'm glad I did finish that. But other than that, all I've played 
is the game we're going to talk about today. So, Billy, have you played anything other than the masterpiece that is Comics Zone? I didn't play much more than that. Uh, I kind of tried to stay focused on playing Hollow Knight. That's kind of been my sit-down every night before bed play, you know, for for a half hour or so and and try to make it, you know, to at least some some new parts or beat an enemy that I'm stuck on. I'm progressing. Uh, It's slow, but slowly but surely. Uh, I'm at the point now where... I'm having to do a little bit of grinding to to get the currency in game to to get some uh, some power ups to to upgrade my my weapon and whatnot. Uh, but no, still really enjoying that one. But but trying to trying to maintain my focus on that one. And more than anything, I did dump quite a bit of time um, into the game we are talking about right now. I guess. Well, then let's cut out. All the other talk that I was going to talk about Final Fantasy X for no good reason. And get right into this week's game, Comic Zone for the Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. This was one that uh, I didn't really play much of at the time but it's one of those that sure enough popped up on a lot of the collections uh that over the years and i actually ended up getting this in a lot of uh sega genesis games i bought several years back and and that was one of the first times i really sat down and played it um i made it through this one uh but up till the playthrough playing through for this podcast i probably made it just a few screens in this game in the past. This is one that I played a few times, got kind of easily frustrated and always just sat to the side, but always came back to it because uh, as we'll talk about it, it's a pretty unique game. It's got a lot going for it. Yeah, I, I this came out like a 95, I think. Yes. Mm. So I wasn't really paying too much attention to Super NES and especially Genesis games at the time, but I do remember seeing it and looking at the back of the box and be like, huh, that looks kind of weird. I mean, that, it, they're going for this whole comic book aesthetic and mm-hmm. and really trying to sell it. It's not like the graphics are just, you know, they're trying to be comic booky. Like you are liter- literally pay- playing on the on the pages of a comic book. So I, I always thought that was kind of neat, but I just, I never rented it. I never got around to playing it. So this was actually uh, uh, the first time for me actually sitting down and and wanting to play it or trying to play through it rather than getting it on one of those Genesis collections and mm-hmm. playing it for three minutes and being like, oh, God, this is incredibly hard and I don't want to yeah. play this anymore. So, th- yeah, this is this would be my first time actually trying to go through it. And that's exactly my experience with the game. I never played it before. I, you know, it's an interesting box. Uh, but it came out in 95, so that's when everyone was switching over to the 32-bit systems. So, mm. uh, you know, this was always one of those, yeah, it looks neat, but, you know, I've, I've played my fair share of Genesis 2D brawler sort of games. I'll, I'll come back to it at some point, but it's on the, I have it on the Sonic's Ultimate Collection on the, the 360, and I'm pretty sure it's on the new uh, Sega collections for the PS4 and, and uh, Switch, and I think Xbox One, I think it's on all, all the systems. So you can easily find this game in a fully licensed format. It's also on the... Uh, Whatever that Sega ages on the iPhone, they can get it for free if you're willing to deal with some ads. So it's mm. real easy to find yourself a copy of this. Although on a phone, this is probably completely unplayable. Yeah. Um, you know, last episode, uh, Billy, you had mentioned that you're a sucker for a good gimmick, and yes. I am 100% a sucker for a good gimmick if it's flair. 
Like I don't, mm. I don't necessarily like. I, I like a gimmick for gameplay, but if there's something that's like stands out visually with a game, it's immediately gonna get me to at least try it. You know, oh, if, yeah. if it looks like it's made of clay, I'm there. If it looks like it's hand drawn, <laughs> I'm there. All those Yoshi games where it's like yarn, there, a hundred percent. So this game, the fact that you know the whole name would imply Comic Zone, the entire game looks like it's drawn. You know, hand-drawn comic. You're going from panel to panel. Uh, you know, you see parts where actually some of the things on the screen, enemies you fight, are actually hand-drawn in while you watch. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool for a gimmick. Um, and, and you're right, this game does have a lot to offer. It has a lot of, of neat little things, but uh, Jeremy's also right. It's incredibly frustrating, and it has some, some real big drawbacks. Uh, you said you finished it, Billy. Uh, I got very, very far. Uh, Jeremy, yes. did you get far in this one or not? I got to, I believe it's the second to the last stage. Uh, it's not the the ship level, but the one before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the desert, I don't I can't remember exactly what it was, but that the stage before the last one. Okay, so we we did play through most of this game. Um, uh, much like Billy said before, when, when he played this at first, he got maybe three or four screens in. Um, mm-hmm. it, yes, I think I had the exact same experience, even literally up to the last few days when I really just sat down and and played this a whole bunch this game uh, you have one life this is one of those games where you have a life bar and one life but unlike those games there's also many ways that you can die instantly which is not a good time Uh, there are no continues in this game until you've beaten a boss once you've beaten a boss you earn one continue there's only three (laughs) bosses in the game so you can earn two continues uh, before you finish the game uh, and, and if you don't have a continue and you lose your life, even if you're on the screen before the last boss, you have to start the entire game over again. It's a fairly short game once you know what you're doing. I think you can find not even speed runs, just just full plays of this game are under half an hour. If you yeah. know what you're doing yeah. and you know some of the, uh, not necessarily shortcuts, but there are, are paths in the game. You can go several different ways to get from you know the start of the level to the end of the level. Um, if you know how to streamline your paths and you kind of know when things are, are coming up, you can get through this in half an hour without without uh-huh. too many issues as far as, as uh, other than some random deaths that I think even if I knew what I was doing, I still would have died a handful of times without any control over it. Um, what I One of the things I noticed about this game from the get-go is it's one of the few Sega Genesis games that really is made for that six-button pad. You can play on a three-button pad. I don't know if either of you tried to play with three buttons instead of six. Um, but the, the, essentially the bottom three buttons are jump, attack, and block. And the top three buttons use three, one of three items. And as you find items in the level, they pop up at the top of the screen. They show you, you know, left from right, what they are based on X, Y, Z. Uh, but if you don't have a six button pad, you have to hold down that block button and then hit one of the other buttons in a direction or something to use those items. I think that would make the game completely unplayable. Not even, not even worth attempting. No, I have never never played it, but it, it, that was the thing. I think with a lot of Genesis titles, once they they kind of put that six button controller out, they put out a several games. Uh, that Eternal Champions we reviewed being one of them that just were very unpleasant, not impossible to play. You know, there's always the alternate control scheme in the instruction panel, but just uh, obviously made to want you to run out to the store. And grab that six-button controller. And, and I can't see... Dealing with it the way you're saying there, I can't see it. Because this is a game that uh, is uh, difficult enough on its own without the added handicap of that. Well, guess which way I played it. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, uh, it was. I mean, it's doable. I mean, I just I, I played it with the three button pad, so I just, mm. or the three button setting or whatever, because I didn't actually know. This is the first time I'm learning that it's a six button game. Mm. I just figured it was a three button game. Uh, I didn't get to look at the instructions or anything like that. So yeah, whenever if you're wanting to use an item in, in that uh, in three but with three buttons, um, you just press a button and he looks in his pocket. And then you have to use the D-pad back and forth to, to highlight which one you want to use and then use the uh, the button again to, to activate it. Which, I mean, for the most part, the game isn't fast action. It's not a bunch of fast action, so you're not really throwing things out in the heat of battle a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like just putting your rat down or using a health potion or something like that, it's not too bad. Uh, but yeah, whenever you if you need to use something in an instant... Uh, which it definitely kind of gets that way towards the end of, end of the game if you have like uh, you know something that you need to throw out to clear the, the stage or, or the section that you're on, then it gets hairy. And uh, I, I can totally see where a six-button pad would make that a lot more doable. That, that's, that must have been incredibly frustrating. I thought even with six buttons, there were parts where even though it's labeled clearly on the top of the screen, left to right, X, Y, Z, I still hit the wrong button. And uh, and you would use an item, and for the most part, items are one use only, uh, except for that rat. Mm-hmm. So that can make it so that when you're, you know, you, you can be flying around at a good clip, think you know what you're doing, and all of a sudden you make you make a mistake using an item you thought you needed for something else. Uh, and but we, I'm getting way ahead of of what I want, how I wanted to go through this game. Uh, the, the game itself looks like comic panels. The story of the game is you are the poorly named Sketch Turner. Uh, you're a comic artist. Uh, and rock and roll star. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it tells you that in the manual. Uh, you get zapped into your comic when lightning strikes your studio, and it makes you and the evil, you know, villain of your comic, Mortis the Mutant, uh, switch places. So he comes out into the real world, and you are stuck in the comic, but he can only stay in the real world if he kills you. So he makes you go through your comic, drawing monsters in the way to, to stop you, uh, while you, on the other hand, are going through your comic to get to the end to fight Mortis the Mutant and save the day. The game is, is, as we said, it's kind of short. It's only really six levels. Uh, levels are, are really, uh, it's three acts, three episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Night of the Mutants is the one you start on, one called Welcome to the Temple, and one called Curse of the Dead Ships. Uh, essentially, that's just the, 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 end, the end of each episode is a boss, so three bosses, six levels total. Each level is, if you think of them in, in panel, you know, each, each room or panel, because some of the panels are longer than one screen, uh, they're what, five or six panels maybe per... Yeah. Per level. Yeah. I believe it's like one page, isn't it? Like you would count one page per section. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I mean, it's it's not... It, yes, you're right. It's about one it's page per a, section. It's not a set number of a panels. Like the panels can be different sizes during that page. But right. as you make your way down the page, mm-hmm. each section is, is a total of one page. Right. And in each section, whatever you're supposed to do, whether it's fight an enemy or figure out a puzzle, because there's a good deal of puzzles in this game, or in some cases just get to that page and watch a, a little... Not a story, but get a little bit of, of text from someone who's helping you out and, and speech bubbles and maybe grabbing an item. And then it gives you arrows that sometimes are multiple directions off the page, off the panel onto other panels. So there are multiple ways through most of these levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it's just one arrow. You know, go to, go to one screen to the right, finish that screen. The only arrow is right, so go to that to go to the next screen. And that's how you progress your way through the story and through the level uh, to get through these six levels. Um, as I said, you only have one life. You do have a fairly sizable life bar, and things don't do a whole lot of damage to you at once. However, and and this was <laughs> an immediate thing I noticed that I was like, how do I keep dying? I'm not I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not getting hit that often. Uh, Sketch has a problem 
where a lot of his levels require him to either punch a box or break open a door or you know, any of these things that, that you don't have any other way around. You can't, like, just open the door. You have to kick it open and go over and punch it or whatever. And so when you go and start punching an, an inanimate object, you can see that you're taking damage as if you were being hit by an enemy. <sighs> I don't think there's any way to avoid it. I mean, other than using an item, and we'll get to the items in a second, but... But unless you have an item on hand that will help you, for example, if you have to blow up a bunch of boxes and you have dynamite, you can put the dynamite on the boxes, it blows them away, it doesn't hurt you, but it still means that there's plenty of places where there are no items, and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting enough items, uh, and, and so you, you kind of half some where you might be doing really good, then all of a sudden you have to go through a room where you punch a whole bunch of things, especially towards the end, and you can go from almost a full life bar down to under half. This oh. It's fucking, it's inexcusable. <laughs> when has that ever fucking happened in another game like this? I mean, a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, this is essentially what it is. You take away the, the comic book, you know, panel gimmick to it. And, and I mean, it's another beat-em-up. And that is just, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. And it's like you said, it would be different if there was always uh, an abundance of items beforehand. Uh, but there's not. And there's some parts of the game where... If you're low on health and you're moving around and you see this this obstacle in front of you, you're like, fuck, I am going to have to take a hit. And you might be in the spot where you can't. And yeah, it's just in a game that is already erring on the difficult side. Uh, this is just, it's, it's cheap to the point of being inexcusable, in my opinion. I got to, I believe it's towards the end of the second stage. Mm. and I was just hanging on to a sliver of life, and I got past this one panel, and there was this, uh, it's a big spike, not a big, a big log spike that's blocking the way, mm. and I didn't have any health potions, and all I could do is just hit that spike, and I couldn't hit it enough before I died. So I was literally just hitting, there was no other way around it, my rat wouldn't do nothing, because sometimes you can pull out the rat, and he can find mm -hmm. a switch on the other side or something like that. But there was nothing. All I could do was just kick or hit at this this thing and, and hope that it breaks. But I didn't have enough power to do it. I would literally die hitting a log that's in front of me. And for a game this hard, uh, it, it's it's even more, I, I don't know, it just it sucks the life right out of you uh, to get that far and then to just die trying to clear the path in front of you by hitting a log over and over. Uh, it just, ugh, it just sucks. Well, there were some places where I thought, well, maybe I just didn't have the right item. Like, I didn't look the right place. Uh, there, there's some items hidden or, or items you can only obtain through certain things. Like, if, if there's multiple ways to get through a, a fight, for example, let's mm -hmm. say you have a um, just a regular fight. There's not many enemies in this game overall. Like, the number of enemies, different types, I think there's a total of eight. Um, but but the fights are also not completely mindless. You're not going to have any one-hit enemies like Kung Fu. You're not going to walk to the right and punch 75 guys that run at you. you. You'll only run into one or two guys in most of the rooms, if that. But all the fights take a little bit longer. You've got a, a good amount of trying to hit them where they aren't blocking, meanwhile, you know, or dodging projectiles if they shoot them at you. So the fights are all a little substantial. Even the, the simple ones aren't completely a cakewalk. But... Um, there are some places where you, if you fight an enemy and you beat him by fighting, he'll drop an item. But if you beat him by, I don't know, using a grenade or something, if it's an item you have, they don't drop that item. So 
There's there's mm-hmm. Wazer items are hidden that way. The rat that we mentioned, you have a pet rat you can find in pretty much every level. He's the only item you have that when you use that item, he comes back. If you can go and pick him up again, he goes right back in your inventory. Uh, there are rooms, and I didn't know this, where you just drop the rat to the ground, and he'll find hidden items and, like, scratch through the page. Looks like he's ripping the page, and an item will fall out of it. Uh, there was lots of those. I didn't know about that till the the last set of levels in the game when I noticed mm. it. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder if that's why all these areas I got stuck in. But, but yeah, so in, in a room where, where you have to get through these obstacles, some of them are, are easy puzzles. Push a box over, you'll mm-hmm. find a lever, you have to hit the lever. Or it's, you know, you'll see... Uh, like a, a fan. This is early in the game, so there's like a big fan that's spinning, and there's a, an explosive box you can see. So obviously you can push that box into the fan, cause the fan to explode. Great. You've gotten rid of both things in your way. You don't take any damage. It's a simple puzzle, but it's a it's a neat idea that you could do that. Or you could, I guess, just go up and punch it a bunch, take a lot of damage, and eventually break the fan. So there, mm-hmm. there's ways to get through these rooms that don't involve you hurting yourself, but... Like, I thought maybe it was that I was punching boxes and I needed to kick them, because if you push down an attack, you kick. No. Like, there's, I, I don't know, there should have been some other method to say, fine, if you don't have an item and you, you're low on life, here's a safer way to break these objects yeah. you know, by kicking them. Maybe it takes longer, maybe it's like you have to be at a certain distance, but no, there's nothing. Either you use an item or you take damage, and it's that's super rough. And then you add that into the fact that there are some parts of the levels, and there's not many. I think there's maybe three or four sections of the entire game where you have to do a jump of some sort or fall to your death, uh, there's no mm-hmm. coming back. It's not like you take a little bit more damage and reappear on the other side. Nope. Instant death. Hopefully you have a continue. Otherwise, that's your day. Go ahead and start from the beginning again, Sketch. Have a great time. How, god damn, how bad is it that one, uh, one bad move, one misstep, one mistime jump, doesn't mean you go back, you know, just the beginning of the area, but it's the end of the game. One time. One life. I'd, uh, that is an odd, uh, odd choice to make in a game. Uh, especially a game that's got some, like I said, it's got some difficulty to it. And one life, uh, no continues until you, you, know, you made it beyond the first boss. I mean, this is the very reason that this game perpetually only got played five minutes at a time by me over, over a span of, 20 plus years i just i i couldn't stomach it i could not take trying to play through this game just with that with those limitations in place I, I just didn't want to bad enough i needed something like reviewing it for this to motivate me to try to push through that and i i don't know i think that might maybe that's a problem for a lot of people you kind of come for the you know for the look of it and the you know the gimmick it has going and it's pretty damn cool seeing your character go from panel to panel and and seeing those enemies get sketched in, but then there's this other side of it where it is just a, a frustrating game and a, a lot of unfair mechanics to it. As far as the, you know, the, like we just talked about, the, the having to take damage sometimes. And now just to have the one life that you can lose easily, very easily. And uh, I will admit that there in my playthrough of this to get through to the end, especially my damn playthrough the first damn level, there was some save state involved. There was a large, healthy amount of it involved. I, I could not see myself getting through this on the console.
I think this is like a perfect example of one of those games that is super short, so it mm-hmm. has to make it as hard as possible. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we played Battletoads, and that's a decently long game for an NES game, but it's still hard as nails. But there were a ton of those games where it was super short, and it was also impossibly hard. And this game is is totally just that. It is a very, very short game. You were talking about, like, uh, long plays of it just being a little, maybe a little over half an hour. Yeah. I mean, that's if you play through it, that's probably how long it's going to be. And you, you don't have to be very good at this game. That's just how long it's going to take if you mm-hmm. play through it. Um, but, but yeah, it, it is just every single thing that it could possibly be to be unforgiving uh, is in there, including not having the decency to refill your health bar uh, between sections it does after a boss yeah but uh going from page to page in those sections uh like stage one one and then on to one two it does not actually refill your health so you have to go through an entire stage which isn't easy uh without uh, losing all of your health unless you have uh a health potion which yeah. th- those don't come around often even they with don't. the rat they don't so um it, yeah. Yeah, you're just stuck and it ended up just it ended up becoming kind of this unenjoyable thing where I would play through, and then once I made a mistake, and and you know took a few hits and took some damage, I'd start over. And I it just it that that kind of gameplay, I, it doesn't really lend itself that well to me. Um, I, I mean, I don't mind games now. I mean, I'm playing Hollow Knight right now, which is a game where you're going to die several times over and you're going to you know come back and go through parts but there is the you you level up on there i mean you kind of gain different abilities and you come through areas that were hard before in there and now they're not so hard either that or you've kind of mastered some technique and and now you can breeze through but that that was just never the case with this thing i just found myself more than anything else just having to memorize as much as i could and and just kind of try to make this perfect run through because I was just so paranoid when I took a few hits, you know, I didn't want to keep playing longer and longer just to have to restart over anyway. Um, and that kind of paranoia in a game just, it, it doesn't set well with me. It, it, I think it really kind of detracted from the, from the enjoyment I had playing through this. One of the, the cool things the game does, but also is very frustrating is the items you get. You have three mm-hmm. item slots you can hold you know, up to three items at one time. If you get another item, it drops an item you already have. It makes you pick up the new one. Uh, some of the items are self-explanatory. Like the mouse we already talked about, it's not self-explanatory, but he's kind of a side character you can keep using, but that means he uses up one of your inventory slots. Yeah. They have uh, potions that refill half of your life, which is... I think if those potions were refilled all your life, perhaps that would have made this slightly easier. But the fact that they only do about half of your life, and in some cases just punching you right out of a room is going to take half your life away, mm-hmm. uh, seemed a little rude. Uh, you have a knife. Uh, when I first got the knife, I was excited because I was like, okay, cool, I got a, an, another weapon. So I used it for the first fight, and of course you throw it one time and it goes away. Bayou Billy style, that's it. So mm-hmm. you, you get one attack of your knife. It's not like it, it flies across the screen and drops to the ground. You can pick it up again. Nope. One shot. Um, almost all the items in this game, except for the mouse, are one shot only, which is very, very frustrating. Uh, you get dynamite that is exactly what you think it would be. You throw it in front of you in a small area. It does a lot of damage. Uh, again, when I used it, when I figured out that most of these rooms were puzzles and not necessarily an action game, you can use it as a weapon, but it's not mm. great as a weapon. You should use it as a way to clear out things like giant rooms of boxes you need to get through. 
Um, grenade is kind of the same same situation. You can use it against bosses or, or enemies. It does a good amount of damage. And you do throw it kind of across the screen, but it's also better to use you know, to clear out some of these rooms. I will warn you that both those explosives do a lot of damage to you if you're next to them. So mm-hmm. there were definitely times where I thought, okay, I'll clear the room with dynamite, and I thought I was far enough away, and I was not, and I died and had to start again from the start of the game yeah. because I was three pixels farther than I, or closer than I should have been to a dynamite explosion. Um, you got a fist icon. I don't know quite why, except that you're a comic book hero, so this makes sense, I guess. If you get the fist, it's only good for doing damage to enemies. It doesn't do any damage to the background, and it makes you turn into like a superhero character, and I thought it was like, okay, cool, I get to to turn into a bigger guy that does more damage and stuff. No, it just does a lot of damage to the screen, and then you turn right back into sketch. It does so it's just a really cool looking area effect idea, you know, item, but uh, but it only has one use. Uh, and then the only other item you can find in the game is a question mark. You find them more towards the end of the game. A question mark is any of those items above you, although according to the manual, it also means it could do damage to you at random, which I never had happen to me, so I don't know if that's a like a, an idea they got rid of the game because it was too much. But if I would have gotten towards the end of this game on a regular playthrough, not a, not a, you know, a Sonic's favorite collection with save states, but literally the cart mm-hmm. version, I get to the last couple levels, I pick up a random item hoping for life and it explodes, I would have broken the cartridge in half with my bare hands. I would have been furious. That would have been the final straw for my Genesis as well. It's just a rude game. I mean, it's just one of those. <laughs> uh, they they just really try to make it as hard as possible. And it, it would almost be unforgivable if this game wasn't so damn cool. Like, mm. there, there's just, like you said, you love you some gimmicks. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, and, and seeing this is so different from just about any game back then. As for the style... Uh, you know, it looks great for a Genesis game. Yes, it yeah. looks beautiful. They really did a great job of using those colors, those 64 colors that they can use. Mm-hmm. And there's there's so many games that just don't uh, on the Genesis, and they just kind of look grody and muddy and things like that. But this, it really does have a great comic book look to it. All the characters are, are large. They're mm-hmm. well animated. Uh, every, everything just looks great. I, I, you know, it's obviously... <laughs> The Genesis sound chip, so we can't really Ooh. say. <laughs> Get that tin can out. Yeah, a few times where it just, I, I had my headphones on and it just, and it's, it's go deaf instantly. Uh, but it's, it, but otherwise, I mean, this is a, it, they hit a home run on, on mm. the Genesis as far as looks go and, and just how, how much fun it is to watch even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like uh, the little things they do, like sometimes, like if you hit an enemy really hard, he'll actually break through uh, the panel and go into the the next panel. And you can see like the, the paper ripping and, and things like that. It's, it's, there's so many cool things that they did with this game. And it's really yeah. like Battletoads, even as hard as it is, it's, it's almost impossible to hate it just because of how neat it is. No, I mean, it is impossible to hate it because I kept coming back. Uh, I, I just, I figured the next playthrough would be the one where I would get through a certain point. No, it is, for a Genesis title, I, it, it's one of the better-looking Genesis games. I think where most people point head-shakingly enough towards games like Vector Man, kind of as a showcase for the Genesis. No, this is it. Uh, this is probably, with the exception of one or two others, the best-looking Genesis title in the library. Um, I love, like Jeremy said, a lot of the effects. And I wish they may have uh, thrown in a little bit more and kind of went over the top. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a comic book. 
maybe some more things like uh, when we reviewed Battletoads, where you had kind of the animated giant fists and giant boots and things like that. Um, they 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 kept it. You know, there's there's some ridiculous stuff in it, but they still kept it kind of grounded as far as your offense goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's worth trying. It's it's worth picking up and, and checking out, uh, especially if you keep in mind the the difficulty in it, and you know, kind of play through knowing that uh, you're you're not unless you're a fucking wizard at it, you're not going to just breeze through. You're going to be seeing those opening screens, those opening pages several times over i do want to mention before uh we, we stop talking about it mm-hmm. uh sketch himself uh even as a kid this was the definition of trying too hard <laughs> to make something cool <laughs> this this guy is everything that mid-90s uh adults thought kids thought was cool Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he, like you said. He's he's a comic book artist and he's a rock star. Yes. And you look at the picture of him, and he's this buff white dude with jean shorts past his knee and and mm-hmm. high tops above the ankles and big mm-hmm. socks. Very uh, tiny sunglasses. Though. Very tiny sunglasses. You know, he's kind of he's got this pulled back blonde hair into a ponytail and got a jean jacket on that's cut off at the at the mm. bicep or shoulders or whatever. And he just looks ridiculous. I mean, it, it is just, it's everything that I loved about just having every, all those characters back in the, the early mid nineties, how, how much attitude they had to have. It looks like you'd see him on a set of pogs. That's what this guy <laughs> looks like. It's, it's that big of just kind of a nineties fucking time capsule. It, it really is. And I, I, it was, it was endearing to me to see, to mm-hmm. just, I was like, man, this is just <laughs> what everybody thought was cool back in the day. And I probably had several outfits that was pretty close to, to sketch there. But I unfortunately wasn't a rock star. But he had me beat in that regard. Well, even just when you're playing through the levels, he says things. I mean, the characters say things when you're fighting guys, they'll say things. When you first come into certain into to uh, like fight a certain character, it'll say like, oh, that's Sturgill or whatever his name, you know, the other enemy's name is. Because these are all his characters he's created. <laughs> but then there's other times Sturgill. like... Like when you uh, when you use the fist the first time, you turn into a superhero or whatever, and you cause all this damage, it comes back. He's like, what the F was that? But of course, it's all like charactered out. He doesn't say the F word. But it's the same. You know, he's, he's just full of attitude. He's full of energy. He's He's got, you know, he knows he's in a comic, and he's going to make sure you know he's cool. Yeah, he, it is really trying too hard <laughs> to to hit it with the kids. Come on, kids. Isn't this guy cool? But uh, But what I liked about this game is that once I realized it wasn't a straight brawler, which the, when I read it for the first five or six times, I treated it that way, and it wasn't enjoyable at all. Every room is a puzzle. Sometimes that puzzle is fighting, but every room is a puzzle. And so if you actually, and I don't normally recommend the way to play a game is to save state it, because that seems not fun. But in this mm-hmm. game specifically, if you save state a level at the start of the level, maybe not every screen, that's not fun, but the start of the level, you're still going to take a long time to get through each of those levels, and at least you have a yeah. chance. And you still may have to start over from the beginning, because like like we said, it doesn't refill your health in between the non-boss levels. So you could get through level three, let's say, with a sliver mm-hmm. of life, but you get to level four, and the first thing you have to do is fight three people or whatever. You're not going to get through it. You're going to have to restart it, whatever. But you'll get better and better each time as you're playing it that way. I found it made the puzzles that were uh, unfortunately, towards the end, there's a lot of things where you have to, to blow things up by being extremely careful not to get close to them. And so if you screw that up, you got to start all over again. So it made it so if I only had to go back three or four p- 
panels as opposed to going back 20 minutes of a perfect run where I, I don't accidentally fall in a hole while trying to jump because it's the jumping controls aren't terrible, but it's still easy to accidentally walk off the side of a cliff when you're trying to jump. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it makes it so it, it was more doable. And so then right this morning before we, you know, before I, we recorded this, I wanted to do another shot at see how far I could get. And I got through the first the first two areas, beat the first boss, got well into the fourth area before I made a, again, a, just a, a literal mistake where I, I just jumped down when I didn't mean to, down a hole, immediately died, had to start over again. I was like, mm. well. But I, I, I wouldn't have even imagined getting that far. When we started playing this for the podcast, I got through three panels and I died. And I was like, this game is impossible. I'm not I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. I can't get these fights down. I can't can't figure out what to do where I'm getting hurt for no reason until I realize you get hurt by punching boxes. Uh, it, it I enjoyed figuring out each room. I just didn't enjoy that sometimes that meant I had to play through 20 minutes to get another shot at that room. Mm-hmm. And the end of the game, uh, if you if you play the all the way through to the end of the game. So six six levels, three bosses. Again, once you're good, it's half an hour, but if you're not good, it's probably closer to an hour to get that far. You get to the last boss, and he's kind of got a built-in timer. Uh, while you're trying to fight the last boss, and he summons little helper enemies, and generally isn't too, too difficult, except that you have to beat him quickly, because he's captured your helper character, and is slowly getting her you know, drowned in a, in a tank that's slowly filling with water. So if you don't beat him by the end of that timer... You do beat him, and you do get an ending, but it's clearly a bad ending, and it's kind of like, why don't you try to go a little faster next time? So you're rewarded for you know fighting through this, getting lucky on, on a bunch of things that, that you probably could accidentally die from, get all the way to the end, and then you know, you're 10 seconds too late because of just randomness as far as where mm-hmm. where the boss goes in the room to make sure you can actually hit him or not. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, you, you get the good ending finally after your second or third try on that. It still means you've spent way more time than I could have imagined spending on the cart version of this game. It, it is beautiful. It is, I mean, for a Genesis game, the music is not bad, but again, that doesn't mean that it's good. Uh, it just means it's not ear-splittingly bad. But it's, it is, there are so many cheap ways to kill you instantly, and the penalty for trying something inventive and failing is death. It's not It's not like yeah. it rewards you for being inventive. If you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do through most of these rooms, that's it. Uh, there, there's a, a section where it's over lava, and that was my least favorite part of this game because I would be flying through the stage doing great, and if you accidentally, let me just miss a jump, or mm-hmm. you're fighting a guy and he kind of, you know, it's... Uh, the, the monster you're fighting there spits this acid that you can normally dodge, but if not, it bounces off the back wall, and if it hits your back, mm. it shoots you forward. So you'll be doing really well trying to dodge these things. You make one mistake, it hits you forward, you fall in the lava. It takes off over a third of your life in one shot, and then you better get out in one jump, or when you land again, there's another third of your life. There's so <laughs> many spots in the game where if you could you could be doing a great job. You know the rooms, you know what you're doing, you're fighting well, because the combat's not incredibly inventive, but you do have to kind of pay attention to where they're blocking. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, just one mistake, all it takes, and all your progress is wiped out. You might as well just hit reset and start over again. So, yeah. I will say, like, one one thing that they actually do, you know, it, it, the puzzles and stuff like that, and, and making your way through the levels, um, it, it can be frustrating, but at least there are those sections. Uh, we kind of mentioned it before briefly, where you can choose a different path through the level. Uh, you do, you know, it kind of gives you when you get to the end of a panel, it's like here's a couple of different arrows uh, that you can proceed to one panel or another panel. And it's just it's not just a room or two. It's almost like an entirely different way through the level, the entire level or the page. So it's if you're having trouble one way, it might go a long way in trying a different path 
uh, mm. through that level because some levels definitely the one path is much harder than the other path and it, yeah. it can actually uh, help to to experiment and try a different path here and there. Uh, but even there, I, I think it's more about finding the optimal path through the level where you take the least amount of damage because that is the one thing that kept holding me back through the the entirety of this game and, and how far I got was no matter what I did, I was still at the, at the very end, I was taking damage in, in areas where I, I was, I wasn't even hitting an enemy or an enemy wasn't hitting me. I was hitting boxes or something mm. like that. So, I mean, it, it I'm sure there's not, like I said, there's an optimal path through this game. Uh, and that's probably the best way of, of just you know, experimenting with the different paths and, and seeing which way you lose less health, which area has less one hit deaths of, of jumping yeah. to your death or something like that. Um, because you know, that they're usually in each section of the game, uh, these different paths. Let's, I, I was talking with Billy about this earlier and he mentioned that the end of, you know, the boss at the end of the first level, he's like, Oh yeah. And you use that fire can to, to, to kill him. I, I didn't do that. I, I found a place to stand where I could kind of safely stand here and punch a bunch and it timed out perfectly where he wouldn't get off his attack and I was out of the range of his like slash attack. But then I watched online and you can jump to the other side of the screen and there's a, a can. You push the can towards the boss who shoots fire. The can lights on fire and then you can push the can under him to just keep hurting him over and over again until he dies. The fact that little things like that are in this game is why this game is cool. And why mm. I enjoyed playing it. I like mm. when there's little things like that, or when I would go to rooms that I couldn't figure out, you know, one what I'm supposed to do to get out of the room of being hurt, and remembering, oh, I can drop the rat on the ground, and he, you know, he runs around, eventually he finds a little thing, rips off part of the page, and oh, here's a grenade. Now I can use that grenade to open that door and not have to take all that damage. Like there's lots of little cool puzzles that mm -hmm. you can multi you know get through. You can either brute force them, or you can find a little more inventive ways. And the multiple paths is always nice to make the game have a little more replayability. Uh, just a really cool game if you're if you're mm. willing to to kind of I don't want to say save state wow save state cheat your way through it because that that's no fun but but maybe the beginning of each level that way you don't have to go back and spend 15 20 minutes just to try mm. a room again mm -hmm. uh, much more enjoyable uh, it's definitely like you said Billy one of the most beautiful looking games on the Genesis mm -hmm. and and if you have any of these Sega collections as on there uh, give it a try don't don't just uh, try it once get frustrated there's too too hard and or not interesting for the first few panels it really isn't uh but it, it does definitely turn around it's a cool game i am surprised they didn't try to go any like do any sequels to this whatsoever i mean i guess it didn't sell incredibly well but it did well enough to be in all these collections and it is a sega property uh, yeah. but yeah uh it's it's cool it's worth trying and, it, and it's something different uh, on a system that has a lot of games that play like uh, robocop vs terminator so it's nice to have something that doesn't So yeah, that's our thoughts on Comic Zone for the Genesis. Definitely something I would recommend uh, at least to try, but don't play it uh, and, and feel bad about save stating. Uh, I believe our next game, you know, Jeremy, you brought up that you've been playing Resident Evil 2. And so I think if you enjoy Resident Evil 2, there's another Capcom franchise that really hasn't had anything happen to it in about, uh, what, 15, 20 years? So we'll be looking at that. Uh, for our next episode, but do we have any listener mail? Yeah, we actually do have uh, three new uh, new questions this week, brought to you by the best contact form mm. on the internet. Mm -hmm. and, and where do you find that again? 
I I believe I have heard rumors and innuendo that if you go to retrovania.net and scroll down to the bottom, there's a contact form. Unbelievable. And if I it uh, blows my mind every time I hear it. But yes, mm-hmm. you can fill it out. You can put your name. You can put your email oh, address. <laughs> you can put, you can ask your question in a, a particularly large square uh, that that lets you type in it, and then you click it, and through the magic of the internet. It comes to us, and we get to see it. So you can just send us anything. I maybe don't, but you can, because that's that's just that's how we live. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first one comes from uh, Carlos, and uh, this is about the official port of Street Fighter II for the Master System. If you guys have never heard of this, uh, I certainly hadn't. I am like the biggest Street Fighter fan in the world. Uh, I, a lot of games for uh, on the Master System are kind of just a mystery to me just mm-hmm. because I never had a master system. Uh, but there's just a lot of weird ports that probably shouldn't ever been on the master system. And I think this is one of them. Uh, so he's here to say, um, Hey guys, I'm from Brazil and here and here the master system was a huge success because of its official release by tech toy. The NES came much later than the Sega master system. Are you guys aware of the Street Fighter 2 port that was released by the same tech toy for the Master System? It was a real feat for that old and tired 8-bit console. Just for the sake of curiosity, let me tell you the history of it. The tech toy guys were always porting famous games with some tweaks to accommodate the Brazilian characters, like the Monster Boy games that were ported as Monica, a famous comic book here in Brazil. With the huge success of Street Fighter II, the programmers decided to try something new, a version of the popular arcade game for the Sega Master System, and they did it. When Capcom were visiting for some other business, Tech Toys showed them the game on the Master System. The Japanese men were disappointing, thinking that it was a poor Mega Drive port. But when they revealed that it was in fact on the Master System, the surprise was so big that they signed, accepting the official release. Things were way different back then. I miss the old days, and thanks guys. Love the show. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I think that gets you. I think that gets you a big cease and desist nowadays. <laughs> I mean, I I actually played this uh, before the podcast because I didn't know that they actually ported it uh, for the Master System. And yes, I could totally see them if they were just like, "Man, we thought this was for the Genesis." Uh, it, it is not a great version uh, of Street Fighter Two, but when you take a take a step back and look at it and and realize that it's on the Master System, mm-hmm. which is essentially an eight bit mm-hmm. system. Yeah. It is it's pretty impressive. I, I have to say I tried it out also. I had no idea. Um I thought this was like one of those one of those fan made things like, you know, Sonic on the NES, things like that. Um but shit, I mean they, they did it as probably as well as you can. I mean it's it's limited. Uh, I mean there's a limited roster. There's there's some omissions. Uh for some reason you get a few of the boss characters in there that weren't playable, you know, in the original Street Fighter two. Um but uh you get that and stages are barren wastelands. There may be one or two sprites in the background, but you don't get the the lively backgrounds you do in, in the other versions. But it was once again, if this was the Genesis version, or if this was a 16-bit version, oh, it, it's shitty as it gets. But when you take into consideration that it was on that Master System, yeah, it, it's it's pretty impressive. And, hey, hey, if I just had a Master System at the time when 16-bit consoles were out, 
Yeah, I mean, you would have snatched this up just to, you know, kind of get at least some form of the action of Street Fighter 2. So I, I I can appreciate this one, and I'm quite impressed. I, was, I just didn't know until I was trying to collect Master System games that it was so huge in, in Brazil and parts of South mm. America. Like, I, I just assumed it was always, you know, Europe or, or Japan was really the place where these games were were more mm-hmm. popular, but there's a bunch of games that came out in Brazil that were either, yeah, kind of strange ports to, to make sense uh, culturally there, I guess. Uh, th- but things, when you look at the, the overall list of Genesis games, or uh, Sega Master System games, there's a, a good number that are Brazil only. Again, I can't tell from the title if it is the situation like, you know, like the Wonder Boy uh, translation that he mentioned, or if it is things mm-hmm. like the Street Fighter 2 that is a completely, you're only going to find it there. And that's that's fascinating. And yeah, I feel like for me, as someone that actually spent real money on the uh, Game Boy port of Mortal Kombat and played it mm. a good deal, uh, I would have thought that the Street Fighter port for the Master System, if that was the system that I owned, it would have been the bee's knees. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just, yeah, obvious, great port. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Carlos, for writing oh, yeah. and, and educating on, on such a thing. Because like Jeremy said, here in the States, we probably wouldn't have ever known. Because that just didn't it just didn't exist for us. All right, next question comes from Ben, and he writes in to say, "Hi guys, keep up the great work. It's always a great week when a new episode is out." Oh, thank you, Ben. And is uh, he wants to ask, is the Tiger Electronics retrospective on the radar still? Still, holy shit! <laughs> is this is this Ben that, Holiday? It's not me. <laughs> I was going to say, did any of us write thank in? You. Thank you to my cousin Ben, Ben Holiday. <laughs> no, um, God, I think I've fucking have joked about this enough that perhaps this is one of those things that's taken on a life of its own. And our dear listeners, they want it. They, the, fellas, they want the Tiger retrospective. And it just so happens that I've made a discovery not too long ago. Uh, the, the Internet Archive has archived about 50 or 60 Tiger games, including the elusive MC Hammer Tiger game. I'm sure I linked you guys to it. I'm sure you've been playing the shit out of that thing. Um, so I don't know. I, I keep saying episode 100 seems like the right time. Um, so episode 100, it may just be me, possibly, talking Tiger games for an hour. We'll see. That gives these guys plenty of time to leave the podcast altogether to not have to suffer <laughs> through it. But I don't, I don't know. Um, God, I can only imagine. We would really have to sit down and talk about that one because those would be rapid fire, extraordinarily short reviews. Um, I, I'm not I don't opposed know. to it. We would I, have I mean, to I, definitely I, I joke collect... about it, but I fucking love those Tiger games. Yeah, we'd have to pick like five to ten to look at to make it uh, a real episode but i'm more interested in just the mc hammer game to be honest that's the one i want to play so we could probably talk uh, that mc hammer game would would have to be the star of the show well barring that nightmare situation the next email (laughs) comes from wayne and he his subject is too many games exclamation mark exclamation mark i can't speak Uh, Hey, folks, is it just me or did we all play more of our games when we couldn't constantly buy more games like we can as adults now? I know personally I sat and played my three Sega Genesis games over and over until my eyes bled simply because I didn't have a choice. 
And now that I do, it seems like I put less time into what I own because I buy way more games. Is this a blessing or a curse, or do I just have an or do I just have adult ADD or something? Thanks for the great podcast. Mm, now this is something I could certainly relate to. I think it's a big problem. I mean, in the kind of in the world of fucking Steam sales and and PSN flash sales and bundles and whatnot. I mean, uh, to, uh, to think back when I was a kid, to think that I would be sitting there. I'd be clicking a button, spending maybe $20 in a week and picking up fucking a dozen games. That's crazy. And yeah, I used to play the shit out of the games I got. Because, I mean, that's what I got. And, you know, it was it was a good month if I picked up a new game. Um, but at best, that's what it was. It's kind of a monthly thing. Um, you know, you rented things here and there, but that was just the weekend. Uh, during the week, yeah, I mean, I got to know the games I had. Uh forward and backward i just played the shit out of them and enjoyed it and you know didn't really you know didn't really think much about it as far as not having a, a huge library and yeah i mean nowadays i sit there and it's like netflix it's like fucking any streaming service now i sit there and i spend more time kind of flipping through uh the options uh, of what i've got and just looking and Maybe not on here. Maybe not on the Switch. Let me hop on the PlayStation. Eh, maybe not on here. Let's go on PC. And and just kind of scrolling through everything. I, I've had times I wanted to play a game, and, and I find myself just scrolling through them, and all of a sudden, that, you know, half hour I was going to dedicate to playing is, is gone, and I haven't played anything. Or I've popped on, and I've played like a few minutes of something here and there. Uh, and that's why I kind of like at the beginning of the episode, I said I am purposefully making myself buckle down. And just kind of focus on, besides the game we're playing for the podcast, focus on one other game and and get through it and kind of knock some knock some of this backlog out, which which is insurmountable at this point. There's no going back and finishing everything. But yeah, um, I think it definitely is kind of a, a phenomenon nowadays where but you kind of it's it's the opposite of the, the what you thought would be a, a childhood dream you can have you know so many games that it's kind of it's it's kind of makes it a little hard on you and this is just i i feel like a complete piece of shit for saying that oh no i've spent so much money on video games that i'm sad but um, but no it's not that as much as it just i just i don't do well with a lot of choices and i've all of a sudden i've given myself hundreds of choices and my brain just i'm just like the guy that, that sent this in my brain just cannot handle it i think it's a blessing in that i don't have to play a game that is not good i didn't get mm. stuck with alpha mm-hmm. mission for two months because yes. it's the only game i had i, I did yes, get stuck but... as a kid with many bad games uh, that i tried to play or, or games that you know I wouldn't have given a second chance to because I had something else to go. Now, the difference is things are, when you're talking about going on, you know, the Switch online or, or bundles and, and games you get on Steam sales, if I spend $5 on Fallout 76 and I play it for two hours, I don't feel bad that I didn't go back and play it enough to see everything. But But when I was buying games as a kid and even $20, you know, 30 years ago, one is worth a lot more than $20 now, but also mm-hmm. it, it took me a month to earn $20. So I, mm-hmm. you know, any game I bought, even if it was quote cheap, 
I still would have put the time in because I didn't have many. Now I can try a bunch of games, see what does or doesn't grab me, and then find one that I really enjoy, uh, you know, and, and play through it. Uh, you know, you've been talking about Hollow Knight lately. It's a great game. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's fairly inexpensive, but it's, you know, if that game was on, and I don't mean mechanically, it obviously it's too too big, too looks too nice to be on the Nintendo, but even on, on a Super Nintendo or Genesis, that's a long game. That'd be one of the longest games on those systems that wasn't an RPG. Yeah. Uh, that That's the thing I've noticed about most games now is that there aren't, unless they're intentionally built as like a throwback or an arcade port, everything has a 20-hour minimum run-through. Where a lot of these, I mean, even the game we covered today, uh, you know, Comic Zone, yes, you're gonna you're gonna hit your head against the wall over and over again, but it's a half an hour long. Like it's it's designed to to beat you up a bunch because it isn't long. Once you know what you're doing, you can fly through it. There's not a lot of games now that I feel that way about. Even the ones that are uh, puzzle games or things, you know, uh, like I did um, uh, Thimbleweed Park. I loved Thimbleweed Park. It was a great game, but it's long. I mean, for an adventure game, you're even when you know what to do and get through the puzzles, it's still several hours long. It's not mm. a short game. Uh, so that, that's the thing with, with having so many games now. A lot of them are longer. A lot of them are cheaper. So I don't feel bad that I'm not beating everything. However, what it, the ability to have so many games is a curse because I am the kind of person, I think a lot like what you just said, Billy, with the, you're not good with choices. If I'm stuck yeah. playing something, I will, I will eventually either give up and say this game is terrible and get rid of it, or, mm-hmm. or I'll play it enough to where I get it, where it clicks with me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now I understand why this, was, why this should be good. Yeah, there's some problems. It took me 20 hours to figure out what I liked mm-hmm. about it, but now I'm, I'm really into it. I'm doing it now with, uh, unfortunately, I started... I don't know why. I started playing Final Fantasy X2 again. I, I mm. don't know why. But that's another one that I, it took me about five to six hours of just playing through it to get to where I'm like, this is now fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I got to where it's it's pretty consistent combat-wise. It's not just me watching videos and then getting to fight three things and then watching videos, which is what I felt like the first five hours of that game is. Uh, so if I only had seven games, I'd probably know those seven games like the back of my hand. Instead, I have mm-hmm. 700 games, and I know seven of them like the back of my hand. <laughs> yeah, and as for me, like, at one point when I was a kid, my NES collection and my entire game collection consisted of Jaws, <laughs> Top, <laughs> Top Gun, Shit. Ghostbusters, all for NES, and Castlevania. So well, that, that was, you got you, one you, hit. Yeah, I know. I guess which one I played the most. I, <laughs> I mean, that that was my selection of, of games. And, you know, on, there are a lot of days I just didn't want to play Castlevania. So I know Jaws, Top Gun and Ghostbusters for the NES, like the back of my hand, because mm. I played them so much. I just didn't have anything else. And and back then, like we you didn't really rent games as much because it mm. wasn't it was fairly new. That's just how old I am. Lot, you know, we didn't have tons of video stores, um, so there, there really wasn't an option to rent NES games at the time back then. So those were my games that I played, and I played them a lot. So I, I definitely agree that back in the day that, yes, you did play the games that you had because you didn't have another choice. Did I enjoy playing those games? Not really. But that's just <laughs> what I played because I didn't have friends. And, it, it, you know, nowadays... Uh, on the opposite end of that spectrum, I this last weekend I I got done making a a, a retro pie, a, a mini console thing, and I've I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games on that thing spanning thirty years almost from like uh, 
back in the 80s arcade all the way up to the PlayStation. And you talk about sitting there and just flipping through games Mm. and not knowing where to go. That's what (laughs) if you want to have an existential crisis where you're just like, oh, God, I have all of the games. I don't want to play any of the games because there's so many and I have too many choices. There's I mean, there's that side of it as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, I I, it's totally a blessing and a curse. And especially I think as we get older, especially for me, I just don't have the attention span that I had when I was a kid. And I don't have the patience to to play something that I just don't care for. Like Jeremy said, to to want to get it. Um, sometimes I really try, but most of the time, if if something doesn't grab me within ten minutes, and this goes for movies and TV shows as well, I just stop. I just stop playing it or stop watching it and go to something else, because I I know that I have tons, hundreds of other options that I could go to. But yeah, I mean, th- there's something to be said for for back in the day of just having that very limited s- selection of games that you had, and and just sitting there and, and playing that. I mean, there's a lot of memories from that, mostly bad, but they are it's it's nostalgia. I, I, you just really don't get that these days, I guess. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 both a, a bad thing and a good thing because I'll be damned if I don't remember sitting and playing Jaws for like eight <laughs> hours straight one day, and yeah. I was gonna say you set, you hook that retro pie, flip through all your games, and then play Jaws for another six hours. <laughs> you know, I did actually load Jaws up, and I played. I beat the game. Like I, I've got so good at Jaws that I can actually beat that stupid game. Um, but yeah, I actually ended up playing Symphony of, Symphony of the Night more than anything so far. I'm, I'm about halfway through that game again for like the ninetieth time. So you know, I've got a, a hundred and hundreds and hundreds of games, but I just go back to playing this, the same old stuff that I've always played. I think I think we're all guilty of that on my 75th playthrough of Final Fantasy VII. So mm. it's just at how least it goes. it's not Final Fantasy VIII. No, I, well, I've I've given up on that. I did finally determine that I will never click with me. It is not good, and it's not up for debate. It's a whole episode about it from what three years ago. Good enough. Uh, but so our next episode, like I said, we're going to cover a another Capcom game that isn't Resident Evil. I'm looking forward to that. Until then, you can find us on Retrovania.net, where not only do we have the most amazing question form but we also have links if if i could add yeah on on this awesome question form it could also double as a request form if you want to let us know what tiger lcd games you want us to cover in the gigantic retrospective no don't use please (laughs) make sure they're on the uh, archive.org site because i'm not hunting down a bunch of those games so, yes, if you want to recommend a Tiger handheld or another game for us <laughs> to consider, uh, you can also use the question form. Uh, but all in retrograde, there's also links to our you know, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel, which I normally don't like to say, hey, don't listen to our podcast. Go watch it on YouTube if you aren't listening to the podcast. But uh, Jeremy took our Battletoads episode uh, two episodes ago and kind of change the format for it it's got it's got some uh, a bunch of gameplay behind the the audio it's got uh, little characters that represent each of us every time we talk uh, i think it's a uh, really cool i'm sure it took hours and hours of time i don't know how often it's going to happen but uh you know if, if you enjoyed an episode of a game but you're still not really sure what the game is and, and didn't take five minutes to look for a let's play on it 
uh, eventually uh, for new episodes, I believe. They will be on our YouTube channel uh, a couple weeks or so after the live, uh, live after the regular podcast episode, uh, without the questions and such in it. Just literally just game discussion start to finish with some, uh, with some extra graphics. So yeah, check that out in between the next two weeks, between now and when we talk about a mystery Capcom game. And we will see you next time. Welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Parmentier. Here with, I forgot to, I thought someone was going to say hi, but that's me. Mm. I'm going to start that over again completely. That went as well as it could have gone. Boy. It's like, was I supposed to say something? Yeah. I just sat there and I was like, wait, that's that's me. I'm the smartest guy alive. <laughs>